Iowa everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. All right, guys. Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris on a Tuesday morning. Uh, We both had stuff going on yesterday. Hassel was driving, uh, or not driving. God, that would be an awful drive. He was flying. I'd still be driving back from Phoenix if I left after the flying Super Bowl. Flying back from the Super Bowl. <laughs> we are, of course, presented by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. And we have a lot to talk about as we're smack dab in the middle of basketball season. How is the uh, – so you had a red eye? Yeah, so I, I did I, – I covered the Super Bowl. I was in the stadium. Then I did post game outside the stadium. Then I needed to get my ass to the airport – for an 11.50 local time flight, 11.50 p.m. So I, I, Danny Cannell drove me back to the um, hotel because the hotel was kind of on the way to the airport, which was like 40 minutes from the stadium. Then I got a lift from the hotel to the airport, and I got in. I, I, I was worried I because if I missed that flight, if I didn't get there in time, I'd probably still be there today because everything was booked for Monday. Everything was happening in Arizona over the weekend. Everything. The golf tournament, Kevin Durant traded yeah. there. It was crazy. Show me that uh, picture again, Matt, watching here on the YouTube. So that's Danny Cannell. And who's the guy in the middle? Bryant McFadden. He was a, okay. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion from the Steelers. Great guy. I've covered. I've I've done five straight Super Bowls. All five of them I've done with with BMAC. And Danny's been a part of a, a couple. He's really as well good. That I, I've done. I like his yeah. analysis. So and I uh, like Cannell too. I'm an old Florida State guy, you know. So they're both Florida State guys. BMAC, really, Brian McFadden went there too. What yeah, year? Early 2000s. Okay. Yeah, that would have been my college years. A lot is a lot is blurred from there. <laughs> Man, it was you know a mess I mean? though. That that it was the. It's, like I said, it's my fifth straight Super Bowl that I've covered. It, it was the worst inside the stadium experience that I've had at a Super Bowl. It Why? was a disaster. I, I actually felt unsafe going into the stadium. The, 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 where they had us go in at, the concourse areas were so narrow that fans... There was they they got all uh, caught up in there and the, the, nobody knew what to do. Like security had no idea what to do because you had people coming from one side that wanted to get to the other, and we were trying to get to the other side. So it was like two force opposing forces meeting, clogging everything up, and people just like pushing each other. You couldn't move. Like it it, it could have gotten bad. It all it, all it would take is like one person just flipping out. And it could have been a bad situation. I, I eventually got to my seat in media row and we kind of overlooked that concourse area where everything is being constricted. And it was like that. It was like a dead standstill for 45 minutes where fans could not move. And they were, you know, they were getting pissed. So like they, they were getting down to like 15 minutes before kickoff here. And they well, yeah. If you spent that much on a Super Bowl, you want to be there for the freaking pregame and all that stuff. 
And they had us just log jammed in this auxiliary area where I, I couldn't even like, you, put my feet under the desk. Were you going as f- a fan or media? Like, did you have a media credential? Yeah, yeah, media. Oh, okay. Uh, you, you think I would pay? Well, no. Money as a I, fan? I, I, just, I would never pay that to I didn't know if like CBS was like, I, I knew you were going as media and that you wouldn't yeah. pay for it. I didn't yeah, know I if mean, there was I like always a have section. A sp- I yeah. always have a spot in the auxiliary press box, which is. At Super Bowls, there's so many press members that go, they can't fit everybody in the actual press box. Yeah. So the auxiliary press box was actually right underneath the huge scoreboard behind the one of the goalposts. So it's basically like a media suite, really, is what I'm. Yeah. It's it's really? more you're you're in. They they put tables up in an area where seats normally are. Okay. So, like, think of Carver Hawkeye Arena. What they do there for the the press area at Carver Hawkeye, it's kind of like that. It's it's right. Oh yeah, and that's the weirdest press area I've ever been yeah. to in my life. Is the and uh, one. <laughs> and so so we're kind of overlooking this thing and all jammed in. Like I, it's like me and Danny Cannell. And Danny's taller than me. He's like six four. It's it's not comfortable at all. So immediately we decide. We are staying for one half and we're getting the hell out of here because it was that uncomfortable. Wow. And, and we had, we had people, a Super Bowl that was that competitive. Yes. It was, it was horrible. It was a horrible (laughs) experience watching that game from inside. And I felt bad for the fans who spent, you couldn't get in there. Even the worst ticket in the stadium is it over a thousand dollars. That's insane. So, we're kind of overlooking this whole thing and people are shouting up and I was like, what's going on? Why the hell aren't we moving? What the hell's going on down there? I was like, we're trying to explain to them. There's people trying to come your way too. And they were like state troopers in there trying to assess the situation and see what to do. It was like they had never hosted a football game before, let alone a Super Bowl. This is the third time that stadiums had a Super Bowl. And 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 we got stuck with that mess. It, it well, was TV not. TV just shouted out to us, and it got a lot of play on the broadcast. Or it, it it was obvious on the broadcast is how bad the turf was. Yes, which was shocking for a Super Bowl to have a playing surface like that in 2023. They needed the Iowa State turf grass people. Yeah, they had the Oklahoma State one. Yeah, uh, not a smart move. No, and it, it, the the turf was was horrible. I mean, it was hard to see from where we were at. We were. It was very just, obvious on TV. <laughs> yes. So so yeah. we went we ended up we stayed for the Rihanna concert and left after that. I would have left before it, but be mad. Big Boomer, you don't like concert. Rihanna? You didn't like it? Big Boomer. I, well, I've seen a few of them now. This was the worst one I've seen. Wow. <laughs> last year was great. Last yeah, year last was the year was best phenomenal. one I've seen. What do you the, have against Rihanna? Why don't you the like The J Lo Shakira one was was much better than this one. There just wasn't much to it. Like visually, it was pretty cool, but I think the best one ever was Janet Jackson. <laughs> I you say that just by because far. her her by the nip far was exposed. that was the best one. The nip was exposed. No, it just I mean it was just a lot of you ever sent out a Christmas card kind of and your, your nipple showing. Elaine Bennis did that once. <laughs> she did. They call me Nip. <laughs> Didn't you guys see though that the highest ratings during the Super Bowl was during Rihanna's halftime show? But I think it, that's always what happens because yeah, because all the women, people and that don't like kids football, who don't, yeah. yeah, like my daughters, they didn't watch the game, but then they they wanted to come and watch the halftime show. 
So, I, so yeah, we had to stay to watch the halftime totally show, and it was okay. Just say the women, because there are women who like sports, <laughs> but like there are women like my wife who don't give a crap about the football. Yeah, like my wife cares be like, more hey, about the yeah, halftime too. So, save your and like she was really me. jealous a few years ago when I got to see the Shakira J Lo one. I, but la- uh, last year was awesome. Last year was the best I've seen, and this was blah. I'd give it a C. Blah. I thought it it was awesome on TV. I don't visually, know yeah, visually it looked it really cool. good on TV. But I I'm like just, Rihanna I, too. I'm I thought a, the whole broadcast I, was great. I don't mind TV. Rihanna. Well, and that's part of the reason we left because we were like, you don't get you don't get the total feel of a game unless you are watching it on TV and hearing what the announcers and the analysts and the uh, you know, the Mike Pereiras are saying about certain things because you, you don't get any of that in the stadium. And what I've really always, drives me nuts in these yeah, stadiums it, at the Super Bowl is that they will not show on the Jumbotron, they won't show a 50 yard line angle. They will show like all these obtuse angles live of the game. So even though I've got a terrible seat behind the goalposts, I'm looking up at the jumbotron and I'm seeing, oh God, somebody's shooting this from the field behind the goalpost. Like it's really, it's really odd. It's not. It's I would change that up because there's so many people that don't have great seats. You have to look at the jumbotron to be able to see what's going on, and you can't. And here I am, comp- just bitching about <laughs> being at the Super Bowl. I, yeah. I, it was a great experience all week. I had a lot of fun, but it was the it, it was a mess inside that stadium and even outside the security was everything was log jammed so we went out second half watched it we had an rv where, where uh, a lot of our people were stationed by where we were doing our live shot hit um and we watched it we watched the second half in there i've always said if the vikings made a super bowl i wouldn't go i wouldn't even try like i i don't i don't know why these- i really don't know why people spend that kind of money to go because it's it's not a great experience in the stadium i would much rather go to like an nfc championship game in minnesota oh yeah or you know i always say too like i tell iowa state fans this and this would go for iowa i don't know and i'm not trying to be a chode here like go to the big 12 tournament not the ncaa tournament if you're Mm -hmm. going to make a decision between the two it's just it's just more fun Uh, it's less chaotic um, well, maybe not, but you have all these Iowa State fans. It's local. You don't have to get a flight. And then you can sit and enjoy all the other NCAA tournament. You've been to an NCAA tournament. like mm-hmm. It's a sterile environment a lot of times, unless you're in one of those spots where, like, you know, being in Milwaukee last year when, with, with Wisconsin, like, those were pretty hot crowds. But, like, I was at the Northern Iowa Kansas game. Were you at that one? No. That was pretty cool because it was like eighty percent Kansas fans, and it was yeah. loud. They were and Northern Iowa beat them. When Iowa State lost to UAB, is the fourteen seed. They were in Louisville, and Kentucky had the game after. Oh, and it was just, I had never seen anything like Kentucky's fan base. Like were mm-hmm. they standing room only for shoot around the oh, day yeah. before? It's amazing. Like, but everybody in the arena was rooting for UAB. Because Iowa State was the favorite, right? And that's mm-hmm. how those things turn into. It's just, but it's not. But then I've also been the ones like, and I remember the the game in Denver when they the Steve Promier 
where they made it to this. They beat Chris Beard in the second round, but like, it's just like ten percent of the crowd cares about the game. They actually have a like a rooting interest. And the Super Bowl's kind of the opposite, but it's just I, from what I've always heard, it's just so corporate that you don't get the like fanatic type of feeling. I will say that it's less corporate than than people make it out to be, like the atmosphere in the stadium. And and I don't know, it might have to do with the teams that have played in the Super Bowls that I've covered, but like this one was 65% Eagles fans. Well, you heard the Tomahawk loud. chop a lot. Yeah, but uh, the Eagles fans at 100% out um they outdid Kansas City fans there. I mean, there were there were a lot of Chiefs fans there, but the Eagles were 65% of that stadium. Chiefs are kind of turning into that uh, the new Patriots. I was talking with my father-in-law about it. <laughs> oh, like, come he's on. Like, no, he goes to me, and, Maybe. and this is just I mean, funny. He goes, what about, he goes, why does everybody hate the Chiefs all of a sudden? And I don't know who he's hanging out with. Who hates the like, Chiefs? I go, you guys are winning too much. But I don't. I don't see that. I. I feel like they've That's got a little they Georgia. Feel. They've got a little Georgia Bulldogs in them. When, when Georgia won the national championship this year, and they're like, hey, everybody had us at seven and five. <laughs> yeah, we're huge underdogs. Nobody here. believed in us. Like, okay, the Chiefs are saying some of the same things. Yeah, Kelsey. Kelsey keeps just robbing the mic. They were the not the favorites. The Bills were the favorites. Josh Allen was the favorite to win the MVP, but the Chiefs were right behind him. Yeah. You've got Patrick Mahomes and yes. Andy Reid. Like and this, in every call from Mitch Holthus, I, I, I don't know. That guy is out of his mind. <laughs> have you have you heard his calls? No. I mean, I've Everybody that doubted us, you can doubt the Chiefs, but God damn it, you won't beat the Chiefs because we're the best fucking team in the world. No chance, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard them. Yeah, they were, I mean, Circa, our friends at Circa opened them up as a favorite in this game. Remember? Right. Yeah. Two and a half point favorite. Oh, get this. So I, I have to go offshore with my stuff. So I, I can't bet at Circa because gambling is not legal in Florida. Sports gambling isn't because Heathens. Uh, of the tribes. The tribes in the state just haven't figured it out. So what do you mean? That line, like the, the casinos, like they don't. Yeah, they they're just, all owned by uh, Indian tribes. Yeah. And they... It's they a want a thing, huge, though. but they want a huge chunk oh. of what yeah, the state would make. So I thought I bet the Eagles in a pick'em when I when I because uh, I got we were, I think we were texting each other and you were like oh get get on it because the, the Chiefs are favorites and it's moving. So I thought I bet the Eagles in a pick'em. I looked at it like midway through last week and I took the Eagles in a first half pick'em. Good for you. Yeah. So I I cashed one when I would have lost. They led after the first half. That's a great that's a great problem. That's a great problem. Yeah, I lost. I bet on the Eagles. We talked about that last well, week. Well, the 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 Eagles, I don't think you can argue were the better team in that game. You take away the Jalen Hurts fumble, the scoop and score. Yeah. And that is a totally different game. That was the difference. They allowed Kansas City to hang around. Jalen Hurts was great. It wasn't his fault. 
Eagles defense was really lacking in that game. They they had the, the most sacks since the 85 Bears, and they did not touch Mahomes behind the pocket. No sacks. Yeah. It's that's crazy. But I do it, I do are, think are, the Eagles were better in that game. Yeah, I mean you just you do wonder too about the Eagles competition leading up to it after after all this, but anyways, uh let's get to some college basketball. Shall we? Do you have any more? You can doubt the Chiefs. You can shit on the Chiefs. But God damn it, you're not going to beat the Chiefs. That's the type of stuff where I was totally rooting for the Chiefs. Glad that they won. But it just makes you just sick afterwards. It's- I don't hate the Chiefs, though. Like, I don't hate them yet. I, I love watching Patrick Mahomes. Oh, I, he's my he might be my favorite athlete in the world. Oh, wait, honestly. does Matt have one of those calls? Matt, you got the call here? This game is over! You can doubt the Chiefs! You can dislike the Chiefs! You can disrespect the Chiefs! You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs as the AFC champions! <laughs> hey, can you Matt, can you find the Super Bowl call, too? I, that might be harder because of... Uh, yeah, I think I do have it. Let me hang on. You have this because it's 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 very similar to that. He's like, people thought the Chiefs would never touch the Lombardi Trophy again, but God damn it, when it's lifted tonight, it will have a red and gold reflection. And like the only reason that they were dogs of any, they were first of all they were number one seed. Okay. Two, it was because Mahomes got hurt. Like, can can these Chiefs fans like honestly tell us they're the same team with Chad Henney? If if he's playing, it's in right, here we go. It's in everyone, everyone who claims the Chiefs' kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection, a big red reflection. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. Give me a break. Who was saying the Chiefs were never going to hoist the Lombardi Trophy again? Who was saying Patrick this? Mahomes is 27 years old. He's they, going like they, five They've got the rings. best quarterback in the league. <laughs> and maybe the best coach in the league. I would say he's definitely the best coach in the league. Who's better than Andy Reid? I mean, I think fewer and fewer people would argue now it's Belichick because he doesn't have Brady anymore. No, he's but, past his prime he, at yeah. one point. It was his game. It's not anymore. I mean, if you could take any coach in the league, it would be Andy Reid, right? Like, look what he did before he was with the Chiefs. He's been he, doing this for decades. He might have been, other than Mahomes, the next biggest reason the Chiefs won that game because the the way he was able to scheme things wide open, along with offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. I I don't know if Bieniemy was as part of that as much as as Reid is, but just some of those calls made. The Eagles look horrible. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well, thanks to our friends at Fairway uh, for sponsoring two guys named Chris. I hope you guys enjoyed your Super Bowl parties. Uh, we had a big one out at Wellman's in West Des Moines with J-Bo and Jared, and they gave away some circus swag. 
I believe a trip to Circa was given away at that party and a bunch of free drinks on behalf of our friends at Circa Sports Iowa. I know that I donated a lot of my money to Circus Sports Iowa playing the Eagles and the under in that game, so I could not have been. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked the under, too, and that was uh, – after those first two drives, you knew that was going to be oh, tough. Yeah. Totally, uh, totally screwed that one. Uh, real quick, last Super Bowl topic, the numbers are starting to come out. Estimated 113 million watched the Chiefs beat the Eagles. That's not the final data, but that includes – like the Spanish broadcast streaming that, that you know all all that stuff so another massive number third most watched TV show in history the 2000 2000- the th- third most watched Super Bowl correct correct 2015 Eagles or excuse me the Patriots in Seattle was the record 2014 is still number 2 between Seattle and Denver which it must be those Russell Wilson Super Bowls that everybody wants to watch for for some reason, but uh, just a, a massive number there. Probably not going to get into it today, but there's a lot of sports media stuff happening right now with the Pac-12. I, I think I'll probably do a side podcast on that to talk a side bit pod. About it. Yeah, whatever we want to call it. Um, but I have a lot to talk about. But I, we don't need to get into that right now because we have so much basketball to touch on. Real quick, I just want to tease this. I spent yesterday morning, believe it or not, in Carver Hawkeye Arena. Oh. And all the Iowa State fans are vomiting right now. No, I, I got to spend some time with Caitlin Clark that we're going to have an exclusive podcast and uh, one-on-one interview that we'll have. I am doing one with Ashley Jones, too. A big part of this is we're trying to promote women's basketball here in the state of Iowa. It's, it's great. The uh, Iowa's going to probably be a two-seed Iowa State snapped its losing streak last night and beat the number one team in the Big 12 in Texas, so they kind of snapped out of it. But really, uh, really special yesterday, Chris, to spend that much time with Caitlin and get to know her a little bit. And she is, you know, such a transcendent athlete in our state. We're really lucky. And talk about TV ratings. Every time the Iowa women play, TV ratings spike because everybody And it's wants not to just TV it. ratings. It's it's attendance. I, I was listening to the Murph and Andy show last week and they, I think it, they found an article. Somebody wrote an article about how when Iowa travels around the Big Ten, the average attendance spike is 2,500. 2,500 extra people in the yeah. gym when Caitlin Clark shows up. Well, I totally, yeah, I, I believe that. And we talked a lot about that and just the, you know, the flag that she's carrying. And, and we got to know more of her, the human, and kind of tell her story. So I'm really, really, really excited about getting that out there. And then I'm doing one with Ashley. So Ashley is now the, I think, number two uh, all-time scorer in the Big 12. And I don't know, I need to look and see if she's going to, Get that record. Brittany Griner, uh, obviously maybe the greatest women's basketball player of all time, arguably, uh, with Baylor, has that record. But I'm doing that one up in Ames in a couple of weeks. So we're looking forward to bringing you that content here at Iowa Everywhere. Tough loss for Iowa State on Saturday. Iowa uh, beat Minnesota on the road. We'll start with the Cyclones, where this Big 12 is just – it. you know, so then last night, Hassel – Texas Tech, the last rated team in the state, 
beat the number or not, not in the state in in the Big Twelve, beat Texas, who was number one in the conference. Iowa State loses to Oklahoma State as like a five point five or six point favorite in that game. I just before we get into the Cyclones, I mean, this league is just every every night out is flexing its muscles even more. I, I think Texas Tech is playing well enough. They're finally starting to get healthy. If they win four or five, they could legitimately make the NCAA tournament. It, it's This league is just crazy. <laughs> Their last three home games, they beat number 13, Iowa State, beat number 12, Kansas State, and beat number six, Texas. It's wild. And that's the worst team in the league. They're out of the, they're out of the basement now. Oklahoma is now in the basement at two and ten. And that was the team that whipped Alabama by twenty four points. Who's now the number one team in the country? <laughs> it's it, it's it, incredible, and it's a it's something to remind yourself if you're an Iowa State fan that this is happening to every team at the top. There, there's nobody that's just running through here unscathed. Nobody that that doesn't have a bad week on their resume. Because it was a bad week for Iowa State. No doubt. It's a bad week. This is the first time we've seen them have a stretch like this. They've now lost four out of five. They had that sandwich Kansas game in between. But everyone has gone through a bad... Kansas went through a bad stretch. They're only a half game out of first place. And Baylor had a bad stretch to to start things where they lost three straight games, including one to Iowa State. Now they're tied for first. So it's it's I think it's just about getting hot at the right time. It really comes down to to expectations and if you know, and I and I don't blame you, if you were two weeks ago, if your expectations had moved to let's win the Big Twelve, then you're probably really disappointed right now. Mm-hmm. Like I I like my expectation. It wasn't an expectation, but my hope was after the way they started, and it was after that that tight loss at Kansas that I started thinking, "Boy, this 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 team could win the Big 12. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not blaming anybody if you felt that way. My my point being, you had to expect something like this at some point with this roster in this league. Did you really think that this roster was the best in the best league in the country? No. Now the real the the question here. Is, first of all, Oklahoma State's won seven of eight, so they're maybe the hottest team in the league right now. Iowa State kind of had um, this is a critical point of the season. I'll put it this way: the reason Iowa State's been as good as it has been this year is because they've played. Jared Sansbury wrote a great column about this like three weeks ago. The the whole Mike Shishetsky fist thing, right? Like where they the their whole is much better than when the individuals go out to do their own thing, right? Because they're not that talented of a roster, but they're a great team. And on Saturday, sitting courtside, watching that second half, you saw the tentacles all out there doing their own thing. And they got absolutely smacked in the mouth. So I, I think the question is now, do you learn from that? Do you become better from that? And we'll find out. I don't know if we'll necessarily find out the answer to that question tomorrow because you could win by 10 tomorrow and then lose on the road at Kansas State and Texas, and that doesn't mean you're a bad basketball team. But I want to see them get back to that old way of Otzelball and and how they were doing it. 
they really need this one coming up on Wednesday because, again, you very well could lose the two after that at Kansas State and at Texas. So it makes tomorrow night very important. What what drives me nuts is the free throw shooting. Oh, you, you it's can't so bad. consistently win games if your free throw shooting is this bad. Nine for nineteen at the free. Not throw when line you're playing this style of State. ball. There's just right. too few of possessions. It's the math doesn't work. This would be like if Iowa football had a horrible punter and a really bad field goal kicker. It's the same yeah. thing. You're you're killing yourself. You cannot play the 320th slowest style in college basketball and be defensive oriented and be one of the top worst 20 free throw shooting teams in the country. And also committing bad fouls. It's one thing if you're playing physical, like that's Iowa State style. Play physical. Some nights they're going to be calling it closer than others, and it's going to cost you. But some of these fouls that they've been giving up, the, the grill stuff, and I think the game was probably lost before that technical, but Oshuni, was it early in the second half, picked up a couple fouls where he had to go to the bench, and I think that really changed things on the defensive end where Oklahoma State was just able to yeah. get to the basket easily without Oshuni in there. The, and then, like, I, I also think a very real part of this I've been predicting for a while, and I, I was right here, that Kansas State would hit a stretch because I thought when the league scouted them, it would get a lot tougher for that roster to win in the second half of the season. This is what I love about the round robin. Because there's a lot of mirages in that first half, and then in the second half, that's when the dudes show up and they flex on you. And I think that's what's happening to Iowa State. A really good team who will do a lot of good things, I believe, in the month of March but not great individually talent-wise, and now you've been scouted and like it's like, oh, Lipsy's out of the game. Okay, we're going to get aggressive as hell on defense and try and pick Jaron Holmes' pocket. They know what to do. And in Iowa State at this point, I think, is a little bit limited against certain teams as to how you can counteract that. And I think we saw that on Saturday. Oklahoma State does the same thing they do, but they're bigger, faster, and stronger. And they impose their will. It was a bad loss. Like to have a six-point lead, be outscored by 14 in the second half. So how do they bounce back from it? Season's not over. Still a three or a four seed right now in the NCAA tournament. But Jamie Dixon's a good coach. TCU's an experienced team. They're going to bring it tomorrow night. So how do the Cyclones bounce back? I think it'll be a really positive night. I really do. I think they bounce back and and get a good win. I am concerned about next week's schedule, though, when you got to go to Kansas State and at Texas. Gabe Kalsher has to get back. He, he's he got to start scoring more. You know, yeah. he, he can play good defense. He's going to do that pretty much each and every game. But when Iowa State was at its best, he was scoring 15 points a game. He had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight double-digit games. Eight straight games where he scored 14-plus. And the last three games, eight, eight, six. And then do the whole – so – it was 5 of 25 was the number that Holmes, Grill, and Kalsher were on Saturday. Hmm. You just can't And that can't that. happen it's when not. you got a guy like Lipsy who won't shoot. Yeah, and he and he was second leading scorer on Saturday. He had 12. Koontz came in with 13. He was the leading scorer at 13. There was a moment late in that game 
where they needed to get a three up quick and Lipsy just couldn't pull the trigger. He just would not shoot it. Yeah. I mean, Holmes was the same way. He was very hesitant down. It was a weird they and Hilton wasn't great either. Like even before the game, it just it wasn't bad. It just wasn't it didn't have the same energy. Uh, I, I, and I don't know why. I, I think it's because look at the the three home games before that. The Texas game, top 10 team. Kansas game, top 10 team. Kansas State, top 10 team. Those were all like marquee matchups with top 10 teams and yeah. the extra stuff too with Texas. And, and this was Oklahoma State who... You know, you don't get that excited about because, well, they're near the bottom of the standings, or at least you thought. But now you look up, and the way they've peeled off these wins ever since Iowa State went and visited them in Stillwater, and they're tied with Iowa State in the in the conference at seven and five. Yeah, top five defense analytically, as well. Okay, so that game is tomorrow. Eight o'clock tip. I don't know what that is on. Uh oh. I better it, check it, that. It can't be plus if it's eight o'clock. So right. It's got to be, be on, seven if it was. Yeah. It's ESPNU. Be ESPNU. ESPNU. Thank you, you Maddie. I hope. I hope. Uh, I hope it's the same announcers as the uh, the game at West Virginia. King McClure. <laughs> and the other guy. I don't know who he was. He was like calling his first. I think it was his first game. Yeah. On ESPN. I. Somebody like retweeted. I honestly think that it was like that guy's first. They were like arguing about Texas. <laughs> why well, King McClure's like I don't I don't believe in Texas. So why not? Well, their point guard sucks. Like it, it was it was quite the deal. <laughs> Iowa, since we've last spoken, lost to Purdue exactly how we thought they would, and then yeah, had a nice... yeah, we, we kind of called that, didn't we? I said yeah. you, you were like, well, we're not going to do much diving in on Iowa. Well, okay, so then they go on the road and do exactly what they're supposed to do. They yeah. covered the spread at Minnesota, one of the worst teams in college basketball. Real quick, your your updates. Iowa State is 18 in Kempom, 16 in the net. This is as of last night. It could have changed a spot or two. Iowa right now, 34 in Kempom, 39 in the net. Uh, the Hawkeyes this week get Ohio State Thursday night at Carver, and then they have to go to Northwestern on Sunday. Let's start with the Purdue game. I don't want to go too much in the game, but what does that tell us about Iowa, I guess? is They're not going to be able to, I don't think, beat an elite team on the road. Now, they, they did go into Rutgers and win. I, I don't know how good Rutgers is. I, yeah. I feel like they, they are – I think they've lost like – three straight games or Bo something. Hannon put it really well on their podcast last week when they were talking about like there's a lot of good teams in the Big Ten but there's just not that many great teams right right and I mean you go you go Purdue and then team. you drop down and it's everybody yeah. else and sure Purdue can lose on the road and and that's happened a couple of times they lost at Northwestern over the weekend they've lost two or three now but I just I, I don't put Iowa in that second I think Indiana and Illinois, I would take as my as my second group, and then you've got the Northwesterns, 
Iowa's, Rutgers, Michigan, maybe Michigan State. It's just so jammed up in the middle. There's eight teams within one game of each other from two to nine in the conference. And yeah. I, one of the reasons Iowa, I think, is 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 as good as they have been this season is because they're doing the things that that Iowa State hasn't been doing lately. They, they're not committing the bad fouls. They're not sending their opponents to the free throw line more than they are. They're making their free throws. That's one thing Iowa does. When they go to the line, they make them. They're a good and they get to the line a lot. team across the board. They mm-hmm. do everything well offensively. Very efficient. But I don't – I mean, I, I think Iowa right now, they're projected as a 7-8 seed, somewhere in that range. Uh, that's where I would put them. Decent team. Chance to win a game. Maybe two in the tournament. Well, depend on that draw, clearly. Yeah, the Purdue game, What I, they did show the fight at the end. Uh, I'll give them credit. In the second half, well, they hit those you know shots. What, they did basically what Minnesota did against Iowa. I, that's what Iowa did against Purdue. They got down big. They, they cut it to six or seven in the second half. Purdue still won by 14. That's kind of how I look at the Iowa-Minnesota game. Iowa got up big, yeah. pretty much slammed the door on them. Minnesota, you know, was within single digits in the second half. Iowa still won by twelve. It's kind of mirror images, I think, in those two games. Uh, Zach Eady's incredible. Let's let's look here real quick at these college basketball odds from Circa. Uh, to what, right now, this is to win the national championship. If you went into Circa or got up on the app today, uh, Purdue currently is. The third highest or third lowest odds at plus one thousand. Uh, you see, Houston right now at plus seven hundred is the favorite. Then you have my and they've guy been Nito's. the favorite pretty much the whole season. They have Alabama number two. They are currently the number one team in the country at plus nine hundred. Your other in the top five: UCLA plus fourteen hundred, Kansas at fifteen hundred. Um, what what do you think? I uh, being a Big Ten guy on Purdue. Are they a threat? And because I don't think Kansas will win the national title this year, I would, I would not make that bet. What do you think about Purdue at plus one thousand? I've I've made the mistake of thinking Purdue is a Final Four team the last few years. The last few times they've had really good teams, and they just never, they never put it together in the tournament for whatever reason. I I would be. I feel like they could be the best team in the country, but. I'm a little hesitant on them. I love Alabama. Houston has shown that they can just they can get there. Back to back seasons, they've gone to. They're the Final nasty, Four. man. They play a nasty yeah. brand of basketball. Yeah, that's why I I I trust Houston, and the betting public trusts Houston more than Purdue. And and Big Ten, how long has it been? Twenty three years now since the Big Ten won a national championship. I long think long time. Alabama's really intriguing the way that they play. They're the type that'll either get hot and go to the final four and or they could be upset in the second round too. It's a lot um a lot like the Hoiberg teams really if you if you watch them much. Um, Mike wants to know if there's any chance Fran McCaffrey leaves for the open Notre Dame job. I've been told I, no. I've I been told know. by people familiar with the Notre Dame search 
that Fran McCaffrey's not in the running for that job. That he is Where not that a legit contender well, I mean, I know, for that job. I know that Fran has a background with Notre Dame, his wife, and all that stuff. But like, that's, is there like, that's where is, it comes from. Is there that's real it. reporting that Fran would no. be a candidate? No. Okay. There have been Doug Gottlieb has said he's tweeted that Fran McCaffrey would be a great fit for Notre Dame, but from what I've been told with by people familiar with the situation, I've been told by multiple people that he's not a legit contender at this point. Now, are you citing if they get sources? turned down by a bunch of people? Are you citing anonymous sources? I'm I'm citing citing anonymous. They're not anonymous to me, but I'm not going to say who they are. Okay, <laughs> they told me off the record. That there could be an interview granted, but it's not a it's not anything. Fram will not legit. take that interview unless he knows he's getting the job. There's no way like this deep into. Yeah, what, what do you mean? I I totally disagree. No, he's going to take the interview and he's going to turn that into another extension and more money at Iowa. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, I'm well. just saying most of these guys who are secure, like they won't. Like I remember when Iowa State hired Prome. Or what? Yeah, I think it was Prome. Like Hornacek, and I, I reported this, and Hornacek's agent like went off on me online. It was this whole thing. All my sources were telling me that Hornacek would only do an interview if he like knew he was getting the job. If they were interviewing like four other people, he wasn't going to touch it. And there, point being, well, Fran what, is what was set. Hornacek? What was Hornacek doing at the time? He. Was the head coach of the Phoenix Suns? Okay, well that wasn't going to make his because he job. was about to get fired there. Okay, but he, you know, he was established NBA guy, didn't need the money. Fran has this giant contract at Iowa. Life, but is we've set. seen him do it before. This is what he's done this several times before, where he said he he, he could have taken or was in the running for other jobs. He's wanted elsewhere, and that's why Gary Barta did he do formal interviews though, like that we know of. Uh, ask, ask me that again. What? Has he done formal interviews? That I, ha- we know I of? have no idea. Okay, yeah, that's I, no difference. idea if he's done formal interviews there. No, yeah. or, or anywhere. Yeah, who knows? But he can go well, he to did, Gary Barta and out. say, "Hey, I'm in the running for this job. Sweeten the pot a little bit." I, can you really sweeten Fran's pot anymore? Every time you don't think it's possible. It's True. possible. I'm just saying, he's got a great deal. He has a great contract. I know. Yeah, I, he does. But there's always room for more. <laughs> I guess you're in the Big Ten. Got all that Big Ten money. You can pay people whatever the hell you want, right? Although, I mean, all the money they spent on recruiting, apparently. I don't know if they've got any more money to send his way. <laughs> Jeez. We still haven't heard anything more on that. No, that was it. Uh, these circa odds, I was actually pleasantly surprised to see Iowa State at plus 3,500 to win the national championship. Where does I, that put them? In the top 15? Yeah. And then Iowa, if you're wondering, is plus 8,000. So they're they're down there, but they're in the top, you know, 30, 40 or so. By the way, ran into a ton of Iowans down there. Well, yeah, they all, the snowbirds, they all live down there. <laughs> I my coworkers were astounded because, you know, they always give me shit about being Mr. Iowa. And then, like, I'm walking around, hey, hassle. And, it, and they're oh, like, really? oh, they, I bet they, that's they... somebody from Iowa. And, of course, it is. Or I'll show up to the set and they're like, well, somebody was over here earlier looking for you. 
Oh, yeah, who was it? I don't know. Somebody said they were from Iowa. <laughs> were they yeah. old? No, mostly like 30 to 50. I kind of want to do that when I get old. Move Go to down to Arizona? And just live in like an Indian reservation in the winter. An Indian reservation? Yeah, I love the Native American. Are, are you allowed Are you allowed to do that? Well, I don't have to live on the reservation, but near one. Okay. Yeah, out in the desert, I, you know those. I old, don't know if I can take it, man, because uh, I, I go. I, so I went cool. to I went to Phoenix for a week. I was there, yeah, seven eight days, and my lips were like crumbling. It was so dry. Every time I I blew okay, my Carmen. nose, it was bloody. It was so dry. It was like making my entire head turn into a like dried fruit. I think you, but. It's probably a shock because you, you live in one of the most humid places in the world, right? But I, I've never had to use chapstick my whole life. The only time yeah. I ever have to use chapstick is when I go to a place like that. Even like when you lived in Iowa in these really dry winter no. months, nope. you didn't have never. to? Never. I always wow. wondered why people were putting on so much chapstick. Well, your body was in shock because you, you live in a very humid environment and then you go to one of the driest ones. Well, and I didn't... I didn't particularly love how much the temperature shifts throughout the day because every day it would be a high of like 75 and it was it felt warm like you you had to be in short sleeves if you're out in the sun short sleeves and it was it was warm and then by by like 5 6 p.m it's down in the 50s and then yeah, it's that, it's at the 10 p.m it's like 45 so it's it's you know if you go out at three o'clock and you're out until eight I mean, you got to have all kinds of different layer situations going on. You grew up in Iowa. It's like that, yeah, like in the I, spring. It could be look, like 80 I, and then sleety. I'm by not the end saying of the day. Iowa's great because it, it's not. Iowa has the worst weather I've ever seen in my whole life. Everywhere I've been, nowhere is worse than Iowa. But people usually think of Arizona as this great weather spot. It, we, a lot of us, we were traveling from in there from South Florida. We were a mess that whole week. Just too cold and dry. So, major storyline over the weekend, and I know where I, you're going with this, and you you are so full of it. <laughs> I was telling Dude. my wife, you know who's you know who's most excited about all this is that idiot Williams, who's been an alien believer his whole life. Just randomly. Uh, it's all a coincidence, too, that over the last, like, week, we've had four unidentified No, it's not, no. Uh, it's not a coincidence. One of them I, comes from I can China. tell you exactly why. I'll tell you exactly why. Say, say what you said again, because I talked over you. There's four, maybe five now, unidentified flying objects just randomly showing up where our own government's like, yeah, we don't know what they are. Uh, we have no clue. <laughs> and then they... Uh, Biden... Sends his press secretary out there yesterday to be like, they are not aliens. They are not extraterrestrial. And she's very matter of fact about this. And it, it just seems to me like something like, oh, yeah, if you're telling everybody a lie, like the first thing you're going to do is go out there and project it onto everybody like the Biden administration did yesterday. If... They really did find aliens in these aircrafts. Why? Why are they lying about it? Time out. I don't think they found aliens. It's not what. So I'm what saying. are you saying? 
I'm saying the aliens have sent these down here and they're testing us right now. They have said about all of these UFOs that none of them were self-propelled. They were all just floated. They were all small, you, much smaller think, than the Chinese spy balloon. Do you think that if there are extraterrestrials, okay, do you think that they are technologically like on par with us? Yeah, they would be mo- way past us. Yes, exactly. They could be sending this shit down from their galaxy. We and, can't. Like, we get have there. no idea. Like yes. it could look like a total like just but oh he, it's a balloon so and it's got like you you said it's it's no coincidence that this stuff has happened all in the last week whatever I'll tell you exactly why it's happened oh and they have the told us you you refused with to, our radar yes <laughs> they they upped the sensitivity oh, of the radars because everybody got so fired up about this Chinese spy balloon and so they they turned up the sensitivity and now they're no, finding I, this stuff that's been there the whole time so these balloons are just been floating around our atmosphere yes we've never realized it before yes you think this all happened in the past week where do the balloons come from i don't know but they've all been there for a long time about that chris yes i am burying your head in the sand no i am curious but i'm telling you this all didn't just start happening in the last week these things have been there here's the crazy part to me and I now have three sources who can say the exact same thing. During the Super Bowl on Sunday, my dog was batshit crazy. And I have no idea what went wrong with him. Totally normal Sunday. Dirk starts spinning around in circles, zooming up and down. It, this is an old cancerous dog. Okay, he's a geriatric cancer patient. What do you mean you have three sources that have told you this? Weren't you there with your dog to report yourself? So I have told this story to a handful of people. And these other people, so Bloom's dogs were going nuts. Okay, he lives right next to you. Okay. And then these people across the street, their dogs Oh yeah, they're all in the, there was probably a noise in the neighborhood. They all live with you. Or, or... They're sensing something. What about Van Wink's dog? He lives over there too. Van Wink, do you have a dog? Uh, we're getting one on okay. Sunday. Actually, a new dog. Oh wow! Oh, I'm just saying. I, ask some questions, and I don't know no, if these ask are aliens. Some questions I don't know. to who? We are. We're we're, st- we're st- asking the government questions, and I hope they are being transparent. But about my whole thing. They maybe they are, or well, maybe the Illuminati is telling them what to can, say. What do you, you know? So why does the Illuminati want to keep aliens away from our, or like keep our <laughs> because brain they don't thinking want, there are no such thing as aliens? I'll tell you why. Because the Illuminati, the New World Order, a bunch of rich oil guys, and they want that <laughs> power. If Nigeria all of a sudden has the technology of an alien species. Our our hold over this world is done. My dad we, says his two dogs were fine on Super Bowl Sunday. Thank you, Don. <laughs> it was definitely a Bondurant neighborhood thing. I do have my old buddy, uh, Lewis, who's an old Air Force guy. Maybe the single smartest human I've ever met in my life. College buddy of mine. He lives in Washington, D.C. He's like, he's like legit, dude. He's going to come on and do a podcast with me and talk about this. What? What did he say? 
he's going to come and do a podcast with me. Yeah, but what's he? I thought you were going to say he said he was going to say something. No, he's what did going he say? To come, he's going to come on and do a podcast, and we're going to talk what? about it. <laughs> Is he going to say that he agrees balloons? with you, or he doesn't? I don't know. Agree I'm going to find out. I'm going to ask him questions. Oh, okay. I'm going to ask him about the New World Order, about the Illuminati. I'm going to ask him all this stuff and see what he says. For what it's worth, I'm probably with you. I don't think that this is an alien invasion. And I do think that you're right. And I've read the New York Times had a good piece on it about these um, radars that have been amped up. But I still think we should know. We should find out where the hell these things are coming from. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No I mean, doubt. is it Russia or what? What the hell? Like somebody's putting these balloons in there. They're not just coming out of nowhere. I agree. I, They're you not can just think appearing that and out not think air. it's aliens. But we still yes. need to find out where the hell this is coming from. No question. I think we need to send you to D.C. to ask the real questions. <laughs> God, could you imagine me in that White House briefing room yesterday? Uh, yeah, ma'am. Uh, I have sources telling me that the Illuminati has taken over the Biden administration and is uh, making you say this right now. What do you have to say? What do you have to say for yourself? Have you met anybody yet that got the anal probe? Uh, actually, I, I do know a guy. I don't like he's not a buddy of mine, but he's the greatest dirt late model driver of all time. His name is Scott Bloomquist. He's an icon. I have his diecast all over my office here. Wait, I thought Donnie Schatz was the best. Uh... He's a sprint car driver. Different sport. And what are you saying here? Dirt, dirt late models. Donnie Schatz so late... is is the dirt track driver. Yes, he's a sprint car driver. There's two different forms of racing. On the dirt? Yes. Okay. So Scott Bloomquist went on Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s podcast, which is super popular. It's on NBC Sports. It's a It's a TV show, too. And he t- he told a story. Van Wink, see if you can pull up this tweet. I tweeted it out on Sunday. Bloomquist hadn't tweeted in like three years, okay? <laughs> and he told a story that he was abducted by aliens. And he told this story, and he was like very specific about it on Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s podcast. This was like, I want to say last fall. And he talked about on the podcast, okay, if you... You know, if this ever happens to you, go go to this type of ship. Don't go to that type of ship. And he tweeted out, here you go, keep off them cigar-shaped UFOs. Lost a few days of my life on one of those and took far too many rectal exams, <laughs> which I kind of appreciated, but I digress. Avoid them. Well, the good news is none of the things they shot down were cigar-shaped. One of them, didn't they say it was like the size of a car or it looked like a car or like, I don't know. They said the octagon one was smaller than a car where the, the Chinese balloon thing was the size of like eight buses. I thought I heard one was cylindrical shaped. <laughs> is that, is that, does that, does that sound like a cigar shaped thing? Yeah. To you? Stay off of that one. Jeff brings up a good point, because and, and I wondered that this as well. Why are they just blowing these things to smithereens instead of like trying to pluck them out of the sky and learn about what they are? Yeah, I was wondering that too. If they're balloons, why are we shooting missiles at them? <laughs> <laughs> like, wouldn't a simple like just machine just, gun just, work? Just pop it with the with the tip of the nose on a 
fighter jet. Well, and then like if it's a balloon, <laughs> wouldn't the missile just go right through it and land somewhere else? I like TB's question. Why are aliens so interested in our rectums? <laughs> I don't know. If if aliens crash here, would we explore their rectums? Would that be... <laughs> I think you'd explore a lot of things before you get to their ass. Maybe we could uh, smoke If it. aliens landed make, here, would they it eat... shred it and make yeah, some Yeah, would they eat pig sphincter? They're, they're interested in our rectums like we're interested in pork butt. Well, it is delicious. Mm. That is a good question. Why does everybody who has an alien encounter, mm -hmm. allegedly, say that they were anally probed? Let's see, and, th and this, again, comes to my point, Chris. There's either two things here. One, it's groupthink. And these guys are like, well, that guy was anally probed, so I'm going to say that I was anally probed. And, and they're all just screwing with us. Or, like, are all of these people crazy? Well, then there's the third thing. Well, maybe they actually are just uh, infatuated with anus, and all these people actually are getting anal probes. Yeah. It's all very possible. Thanks for watching today. Thanks for listening today. Jeff says it's time to schedule a weekly alien podcast. No but, cyclones, no Hawkeyes, just aliens. It sounds like that's coming with you and this Air Force guy. Well, he he's very rational. Like again, like this guy's not gonna he's not a conspiracy theorist, nothing he's legit like a, a veteran of our Air Force. But but do you read all that declassified stuff that came out a couple weeks ago? There's a lot what? of stuff going on that we don't know about. Like what? I'll send it to you. Name one thing. Where they where these these pilots, you know, they're out there and they see stuff that they can't explain, like where an aircraft will just disappear or stuff like that. The one thing I did hear that was extremely disturbing about these floating things, one of them that they shot down, is they said it could have posed a danger to a civilian aircraft. Yes. It was like in that depth of 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 the air you know and that's my whole thing though it's like I understand forty thousand feet and below i understand the radar sensitivity that all makes sense my whole thing is we have thousands of aircraft flying around this country every day and if those things are just around everybody's like oh well they've always been there like haven't we stumbled why wouldn't we have stumbled upon them at some point they're in the freaking sky you know like we have freaking planes flying around this country all the time everywhere i find it really hard to believe that these bus-shaped balloons are just floating around everywhere i don't, but I don't think they're down at thirty thousand. i think that bus-shaped thing was up like eighty thousand or something just keep burying your head in the sand man really and, good and way air, to live and your airplanes life. don't have sunroofs so it's not like you can do, look oh wow look up there you're you telling me that? that all these thousands of airplanes and these pilots Flying around, they don't ever see these things if they're just there. Maybe, well, maybe that—that's what your Air Force guy is talking about, or you're yeah, declassified. Well, maybe you're flying by. Oh, up! There's a little octagon-shaped spy balloon. <laughs> Let's shoot a missile at it. <laughs> that's what they've been saying though. The last couple of days, they're like, "You, but we are we are in a shoot first, ask questions later <laughs> mode here." 
If we sense that something is there and shouldn't be there, has no permission to be there, we're going to blow that thing the f up. I'm I mean, at this point I think you have to. I don't know, but why, why why don't you why don't you try to just like capture it and study it? Cuz they shot no, that, that octagon thing that's down. That's fine. Over, My point is you you can't just let these things fly around spying on well, us. Well, yeah, yeah, but Let's get them. They shot that octagon thing and all these things. I think the last three things, the octagon shaped one over Lake Huron, and then there was one over Alaska, and then there was one over the Yukon in Canada. And I don't think they've recovered any of that stuff. I don't think it's a coincidence. Like, we're not finding these over Russia right now. We're not finding these over China right now. Are there balloons over Iran? Because I haven't haven't seen any of those reports. And then that's what I've said to you before. Like, why are all these people that claim that they've been anally probed by aliens. They all are from the United States. Well, the ones you hear about. There's a lot of African people I bet have been anally probed, but they don't have Twitter, okay? <laughs> oh, God. I can't well, I believe the, we've been I know talking the clips about this Van for Winkle's 15 minutes. Be, Van Winkle's going to be cutting up these clips today. <laughs> Screw our Iowa and Iowa State analysis. All right, we got to go. Hassle has to get to work. I got a lot of stuff to do. Great show, as always. I will, um, I'm going to try and get my Air Force buddy. I really am going to try and do that. I'll put it up here on IO Everywhere if I can get this, if I get this put together. I'm assuming he's pretty busy right now. He works for some like agency there. He's declassified now. He's not part of the government anymore, but well, well, I'm going to, I'm going to ask the hard questions. So he's 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 like you see on movies. He's one of those guys. He's out of the he's out of the government thing. He's working uh, private contract, and they'll like send him into another country to just murder a bunch of people. I want everybody to watch this documentary before Thursday. Okay, it is called Unacknowledged. Matt, see if you can pull it up real quick for our friends watching on YouTube. It's called Unacknowledged. Acknowledged. Will you watch it. It's like Un-acknowledged? an hour. Unacknowledged. Unacknowledged. What is acknowledged? Acknowledged? Unacknowledged? Unacknowledged. You were saying acknowledged. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Like the guy's name was Eknowledge. This is it. Unacknowledged. The, watch this. De- watch this. 2017. Okay. And tell me, that, and, and we'll, we'll do a film review coming up on Thursday. FBI probes flying discs. Aliens probe human rectums. FBI probes flying discs. <laughs> Have a great Tuesday. I just heard the music that Van Winkle's playing. Uh, love you guys. Thanks for watching. We appreciate everything. Uh, thanks to Fairway Circa for sponsoring the show. And we'll be back on Thursday morning. <laughs>